Current events, personal values, political and social issues, technology, wars and tensions. Join us for the next hour to discuss and learn how the things happening in our world today point to God's prophetic word as signs of the times. Blinken over the Ukraine first, Russia or the U.S.? You'll see what I did there later. We'll learn why the U.S. appears to be abstaining from Genesis 12.3. Just when you think the Pope wants a one-world religion, someone else leaps to the front of the pack. And pack your bags. That's what many Jewish leaders in Europe are planning to do. These are just some of the stories we'll discuss as we review the signs of the times. Our weekly look at Bible prophecy in the world's news for Friday, November 19th, 2021. Thanks for joining us on episode 192, whether you're listening live or later via our many podcast outlets. We appreciate you taking an hour out of your day to hang out with us. And, you know, we really do appreciate the people who send us emails and regular mail with your notes of encouragement and questions, too. That's always uh, very, uh, very nice for us to receive. Uh, now, he's not a seer sage or palm reader but pastor mark has been known to accurately predict if tennessee's football coaches will survive here in knoxville and for many that makes him a prophet yeah well it makes the coach a prophet too because we pay him a lot of money yes yes he's profiting he definitely is he's definitely profiting yes but anyway i've always been amazed at that because you 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 know everyone was all excited and you're like i hate to tell you but he's not gonna make it well here's the trick it's not prophetic if look, if a coach is a good coach, he will have a winning season the first year he's here. If he's not a good coach, he won't. And people always use this excuse. They always say, "Well, it's his first year." Look, I've seen good coaches take guys that are terrible and make them winners. They maybe not champions in one year, yeah. But suddenly, they they know a good coach, Greg, can pull the best out of an, a, a, media, a mediocre player becomes a really good player. A good player becomes great. And so you have a good coach, he pulls the best out of what you got to offer and always raises the standard, which is why I predict we'll have our new coach for a while, because he did that this year. It wasn't super great if he wins this last game. If he loses He's got two more games. Oh, I thought he had one more. Nope. South Alabama and Vandy. If if he ends with a winning season after his first year, I predict he'll be here a while. I don't know what a while means in Tennessee. I mean, at least four years, right. uh, but in Tennessee, because we don't keep coaching very long. But, but I mean, if he has a losing season the first t- first year, he won't last because, again, if you're truly a good coach, you can make bad players decent, decent players good, good players great. That's how it works. That's true. That's, That's what happened in Bruce Pearl's first year. Yeah. But anyway. Again, well, there you go. Yeah. He walked on the team, yeah. and suddenly we were a national contender. Yeah. Why? It wasn't because he had years to get them ready. Yeah. He was a gifted coach. Yeah. This isn't a sports show. We're yes. still going to talk about yes, Bible prophecy. Yes, if you thought problems. you tuned into a sports show, you did not. Uh, this is our Truth in 10 segment. This is where Pastor Mark answers your prophecy questions in 10 minutes or less. Yes. Pastor Mark, our question this week comes from Stephanie, who uh, enjoys Signs of the Times in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Awesome. And uh, her question is about where is the hope? She says, at the time of the rapture, all of God's bride will be removed for those left behind who will be able, who, for those left behind, who will be able to teach or share the word of God. Uh, after all, there will be no signs of the times programs, uh, live Sunday services and, or Wednesdays, and no one that is saved to teach the Bible. Where's the hope for them to learn? Late, uh, late maybe, but yet salvation still available. I can't imagine them being left on their own with no one. Yeah. Great question. It is good. And you know, I've had this question a couple yeah, times, um, uh, Stephanie, in the last couple of weeks. So this is something that I know our listeners want to hear, and I'm so glad you asked it. It's a great question. 
Uh, but know this, the Lord is, is not going to leave mankind without hope. He, there's always hope until the end. And so here's how this works. The Bible says that the Lord will come for his bride, the rapture of the church, and will be taken out of here. But here's the good news. Immediately after the bride of Christ is removed, God made a promise to the nation of Israel that he has seven more years that he was going to give them prophetically to work in them as a nation. Now, that goes back into a long study in Daniel chapter 9. We don't have time to delve into today, but basically God owes the nation of Israel seven years. And so what the Bible says in Revelation is going to happen is after the rapture takes place, God is going to supernaturally and almost immediately save 144,000 Jews in Israel. It's going to be uh, 12,000 from each tribe. And I say in Israel, they may be scattered around the globe. The majority of them, I think, will be in Israel. But the Bible doesn't specifically say, I don't think they have to be there in Israel. He's going to save 144,000 Jews, which if some of them were scattered around the world would be even better. And they are going to become world evangelists. They're going to be preaching that Jesus Christ is the only way, that he's the answer and the hope for mankind. They'll be hated by the Antichrist because they're going to be preaching Jesus Christ while he takes over, while the world has rejected God, and only those that rejected him are left behind. But there's going to be that voice. God does not leave anyone without an opportunity. So they'll be preaching the entire seven years, the 144,000, the word of God, and God's going to supernaturally protect them and seal them, the Bible tells us. And in addition to those 144,000, the book of Revelation tells us that they will be leading other people to Christ. People will be getting saved, Jews and Gentiles, as well as those right now of your friends and family who know about God but don't know him. Maybe they grew up in church. Maybe they heard you be a witness and a testimony, Stephanie, or others. And what's going to happen is when the church really does disappear and when this world leader really comes on the scene, And when the world is really unified as one, everything the Bible says we're watching being formulated right now, when all that takes place, they're going to realize, I blew it. This is the truth. I missed the boat. I missed the rapture, but I can still be saved. And they're going to cry out to God. They're going to be saved. And so you're going to see those um, all over the world who've heard the gospel but didn't respond, respond. You're going to see the 144,000 immediately saved and preaching the gospel and you're going to see many the bible says multitudes will be saved during the great tribulation uh the problem is is a large portion of them the bible says will be put to death for their faith the bible says the antichrist when he declares that he's god at the three and a half years before three and a half years before the lord's return in that final seven years that god's dealing with the nation of israel um the bible says the antichrist the world leader will declare that he's god and then the world's going to figure out, this guy's not God. Now, the Christians already knew it, but the, many of the unsaved Jews will know it. Much of the world's going to go, what's going on? And anyone that won't bow to him as God, the Bible says he will start putting them to death. Um, and really, the false prophet's going to be leading the way on that. It says those that won't bow to the image and do what he says. So you're going to see this teamwork of putting together masses of people during those last few years in execution style. And so, again, there will be great consequences for missing the rapture. However, there still will be a great opportunity to be saved. And although it will be maybe a little bit scary and not the, the best way to end your life if you're here for the Great Tribulation, the good news is it's a short moment and you have eternity in heaven. That's why we make the plea, don't wait until the Great Tribulation. Come to Christ now, confess your sin, believe in Jesus, and turn to him. And the Bible says if you do that, Jesus promised the church of the last days they would escape the hour of trial that's coming upon the entire world, Revelation chapter 3. So again, there's great uh, hope for those that are left behind, but there's even greater hope for those who respond before uh, the rapture of the church. Yeah, wow. Uh, Pastor Mark, um, we've got a question here from Devin, uh, who uh, enjoys Signs of the Times out in Montgomery, Texas. Not sure where Montgomery is, but uh, it's a big state, so who knows where it is. Yes, close to no Dallas telling. or whatever. Yeah. Anyway, uh, he says, longtime listener, first time question and love your guy's show. Now, he sent this on Thursday. Okay. Uh, so he says, does tonight's meteor, meteor shower and lunar eclipse play into prophecy? So whatever happened over Thursday night yes. into Friday morning, 
which I saw some stuff on the news. Yes. Maybe it was like going to be the longest lunar eclipse in over 600 years. Yes, or, at least 500. Maybe it was 600. Yeah, very yeah. slow and very wonderful to watch. I didn't step to watch it, but I yeah. heard it was, you know, if you like that, that would have been great. That, yeah. And uh, it's just like any other eclipse you've seen, but very slow. And what's neat is you said that I didn't realize that the meteor shower was predicted the same time. I woke up last night and happened to look out my window and saw a meteor go by. Oh, wow. And that's kind of cool. Okay, I, I was cool. like, hey, I hadn't seen one of those in a while. I was like, so I, again, th- I didn't realize, Devin, uh, about that. I knew what ab- about the um, the eclipse. Let's, let's, um, did, you, did you finish? Yeah. So he's just wanting to know, how, you know, does this play into prophecy? Yeah. A great question. And, and here's where I think some of that comes from. I don't see this directly playing into prophecy. There may be something we don't know about that God's going to reveal later about these types of things. But here's the reality. Um, a lot of times when, when there's like a, a special moon or a blood moon or a special eclipse or whatever, I think we tend to think that maybe that's a sign from God. I'm not saying that it's not, but there's no evidence that I know of scripturally that it is. The Bible says in the last days there will be signs and wonders in the heavens, but it calls them fearful, fearful signs in the heavens. So certainly this was not fearful. This was beautiful. And meteorites are certainly not fearful. They're beautiful. I love seeing, you know, what we call what we call shooting stars, you know, yeah. as the meteors enter the atmosphere and burn up and all that. Um, so, no, I don't see any real um, relation. I remember a while back somebody made a big deal about the blood red moons and everybody was anticipating some big event and nothing happened. And so I think that sometimes, you know, we can get excited about these events. And because the Bible doesn't specifically talk about it, it can almost seem like a letdown and maybe even... I don't know, maybe even watch prophecy less because nothing happened. No, there's nothing that really indicates um, this had anything to do prophetically that we know of. But I don't rule out, and I want to say this, I don't rule out that God could use some of these things even that are fearful, Greg, because the Bible does say that God did set the stars and the moon and things in heaven for signs. So, And I think they do point to the gospel. I think the, the constellations tell the gospel story. That could be a whole other show someday. So there are hmm. there are signs in the heavens that we are to watch. There may be something that happens with these type of events in the future, but I think that if it's connected to prophecy, we are going to know. God will do it in such a way that we'll see it lining up with the Bible, and we'll know this had God was giving us a sign because the Bible says that God does nothing that He doesn't reveal to His prophets. And that is through prophecy, God will reveal what he's doing. I don't see anything prophetically connected to this. Uh, and I think in some of these others, I haven't really seen things recently connected to the blood red moons and yeah. all that, although it became a big deal with certain people. But I, but I don't rule out that God could do that. And we know that God uses these things for signs and seasons. So we'll have to wait and see. Yeah. And it uh, segue into a, just a reminder when you said that God will do nothing that he doesn't reveal to his prophets. Yes. It's important to point out that that reference is to those prophets that we've read about in the Bible up to John. Yes, well. And, and, I just think it's because there's a lot of people today that go around yes. and declare that they're a prophet You're and they're right. predicting things, and it's important that we know the difference. That it, Those aren't the prophets God is talking You're exactly about. right. And let me add another layer to yeah. that. I do think that in some sense you can actually use the word prophet to Christians in general, prophecy, because of the gift of prophecy. So sometimes God will reveal things. The point there, the principle that God will reveal things to us as a church-wide. It's not one individual like the Old Testament. Right. But church-wide, God does reveal to us. We're now basically all prophets in the sense, not like the biblical prophets, but in the sense of God lives inside of us, and now his spirit can speak directly to us the way the prophets used to speak to us of old. So that's foretelling versus foretelling, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and I think there can even yeah. be foretelling at times. But the point is, Greg, it's body-wide. Yes. It's not individuals that are singled out as prophets, although there are those with the gift of prophecy today. Yeah, very good. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, if you've got a question, uh, like um, Devin, did I say, did I have that right? Did I say Devin? Yes, Devin. It was right. Yep. That was Devin. Devin and Stephanie. Uh, just visit thewaymedia.net or uh, download the Waymedia app. And before you start the music, yeah. getting into the articles, okay. or where you're going real quick, oh, this just oh, in. This just uh, in. Well, be praying for Kenosha because Kyle Rittenhouse was found innocent on all charges. Just popped up on Fox News. Uh, that means there could be some unrest. As you know, there's, it's been very... In Wisconsin, yeah. It's been very tense. Yeah. So again, I would just I let our listeners know, start praying right now for Kenosha, uh, Wisconsin, that there is an unrest um, because of this verdict. So I just want to put it out there. Okay, very good. All right. Yes. Let's get into some Ezekiel 38 and 39 news. By the way, 
There's nothing in the Bible that says that Ezekiel 38 and 39 will happen post-rapture. It could happen in our lifetime. That's right. We, we could, could see it, it happen. Yeah, we, we could see it happen. But boy, if we do, wow, get ready. Get ready. Uh, we got to be on the cusp. Yeah. Have your have your have your proverbial yeah. suitcase packed uh, yeah. and up on the hill, right? If you're right? watching it on the news, you should be packing that <laughs> spiritual suitcase. You know, Lord, I need everything. Forgive me, forgive me. Get clean. Ask everybody. Call people. Get. And I'm joking. Get, I know, but you I need know to get you right mean. before yes. that. But if wow. you're not right, that's the time to throw the liquor out the back door. Yeah. Call the old friend. <laughs> and, seriously, seriously, get yes. right with God. But again, we wow. say that in jest. We need to get right now. Absolutely. But if but that still. happens, Greg, and we're here, we're close. Yeah. All right. Well, Fox News is reporting, Pastor Mark, that the Ukraine is uh, saying that Russia has amassed almost 100,000 troops near its border, and Blinken raises real concerns of of invasion. So that was my teaser at the beginning. Who's who's Blinken first, Russia or the U.S.? Yeah, well, we've been Blinken um, ever since this new administration came in, just because (laughs) we really haven't been standing up to the world. And, And, Greg, we talked, remember I said last week, uh, to be watching, we may be heading into a contraction. We talked about the different signs happening in, in contractions in the last days. We may be heading into a contraction of wars and rumors of wars. That's one of the contractions we're going to see because it's not just Russia. And I'll read some of this article, uh, but also uh, China is really, they're ramping up the rhetoric. I and mean, they're just saying, we're coming after Taiwan. I was reading again today. There you go. They're being very bold sense. about it. And, and, and really, Xi Jinping, when he met uh, via uh, camera with the president here a couple of days ago, he kind of gave a warning there, saying, "Look, don't be you, you don't get in the way of China when it comes to Taiwan." So, I mean, I think they're about to move, and we may see some wars and rumors of wars. Don't panic out there. Remember, things are not falling apart; they're falling in place. We've been told exactly what's going to happen. But to get back to the Ukraine and yeah. Russia thing, here's what it says: Ukrainian President uh, Volodymyr Zelensky has claimed that Russia amassed nearly a hundred thousand troops. Uh, near the country's border as concerns over an invasion continued to mount. Zelensky said the action made it clear to the world who really wants peace and who is concentrating uh, soldiers on the border. During a video speech Wednesday on his website, American officials consulted European allies on the situation, warning that Russia could attempt to invade the country in the near future. And again, will they, will they not? Wars and rumors of wars. Russian troops gathered uh, at the Ukrainian border, prompting House Republicans to petition President Biden to deploy troops to the region. Russia's first move would not be, this is interesting, here's what to watch for, he's saying. Russia's first move would not be a tank or a gunshot, but a cyber strike, or maybe turning off the gas supply, if you will, to create a disruption. They're already talking about turning off gas supplies. Uh, U.S. Secretary of State Antony uh, Blinken briefly discussed the situation at the Ukrainian border during a joint strategic dialogue last week, warning that Russia needs to avoid making a serious mistake. See, Russia didn't say they're not afraid of us. The administration currently has not shown any backbone to stop anybody. So uh, Blinken warned that Russia could claim some kind of provocation and then invade, followed, following a plan that led them to establish control the same way they did in Crimea 2014. Uh, the U.S. remains in close consultation with its European allies as it continues to monitor the situation. That's just a you know way of saying we <laughs> we're know, just going to sit on our hands and watch do the show. But we're talking yeah. about it, you know. And so yeah. again, just be watching that. Don't don't panic. We talk, the Lord said, "Be ready." I do believe we're in the time of sorrows. You're going to see an increased wars and rumors of wars, and they probably will come in a cluster, which is why I said you got more than one thing going on in Russia. You've got China and Taiwan, and you got the ongoing discussion of Iran with always. They're always doing that, but now that's in the mix as well. Yeah, well, and we're going to talk about Iran later in that, you know, a lot of what we're talking about here is Matthew 24. It is. We're seeing a, a lot of Matthew 24. Yes, we that's are. The beginning of sorrows. That's right. But the end is not yet. That's right. Not yet. But he said, but get, but he warned us. This is what's good. You know, we see these things, Greg, and we get worried about it and, and uh, a human nature. But you know yeah. what? The reality sure. is, it's so sweet of the Lord to tell us, I want to tell you what's going to happen. It's almost like if you get a shot, like there's going to be a little sting. Right. But you're going to be okay. Yeah. Well, we're going to be a little sting here in the time of sorrows. Yeah. But we're going to be okay. You know, I think that also just goes into line with the scripture verse that said, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. Yes. And one of the reasons we don't have to fear is because he tells us these things beforehand. That's right. That's right. And I, and he hasn't given us that spirit of fear to be fearful. Not like fearful like I'm standing over a cliff and you've got that natural fear that, oh, I'm going to fall off the cliff. Right. You know, that's innate, but this is something different. That's so. right. We know what's going to happen, so yeah. it's okay. Everybody relax. Yeah. All right, let's go back to America. 
I've never heard of JNS.org, um, Pastor Mark is this news source here that our new scavenger uh, gathered for us. Uh, nevertheless, it is uh, telling us that U.S. abstention on anti-Israel UNRWA vote, and you'll explain what that means for us, marks a quote-unquote dangerous backslide in policy at the United Nations. Yeah, so that do is, explain. Yeah, yeah. again, um, what it stands for is, is Jewish News Syndicate. Um, oh, how, there you go. Yeah, however, it is on many, many different, uh, this is very, I mean, this is out there. It's multiple to see, sources. Yeah, outlets. you're going to find this yeah. on all of the outlets. So it's it's reliable, and it's just basically, let's just read what happened here. Let me, well, let me read it, and I'll explain sure. it. The text called Assistance to Palestinian Refugees demands compensation for descendants of Palestinian refugees who lost property when they fled their homes, as well as unlimited right of return for Palestinian refugees to a sovereign Israel. Um, Israel so is was, that back to the 40s? Yeah, here's what happened. Back in 19, um, I guess it was 1948, when they declared themselves to be a nation, yep. um, what happened was the, the Palestinian leadership said, all right, everybody from Palestine, get out of there, because we're going to attack Israel from all sides, and we're going to wipe them out, and we don't want you to be wiped out. So a bunch of them left their homes, and they left, and the attack happened, and Israel won. They didn't wipe them out. Well, uh, when they left, they showed they were making their allegiance against Israel and for Israel's enemies because they allied with the enemies to fight against Israel and to get out. So Israel said, well, you know, you basically, you lost your right to come back. You showed yourself to be a combatant and an enemy to our nation. And it was really God's way of just kind of cleaning out the nation to start the brand new nation of Israel. Um, and so now for years, the U.N., a group of the U.N. has been saying not only do, should they now have the right to come back and give all their homes and all their land back, but they should be compensated financially for all the years that they weren't there. And so they're trying to make you pay all this money and give back. No, I, God is the one that moved them out. Yeah. And God is the one that decides who's in the land. So this was a righteous thing that God did. But, of course, they're in the world. They don't know that. So every year now, every year for, uh, I guess it's been, I don't know how many years, maybe the article will remind me, I'll read more in a moment. But for many years, Greg, they voted on this, and America has always, U.S. has always voted, no, we're not going to stand with this. For the first time... Um, um, we, we, we turned our back. We turned our back and said, yeah, we, we'll let this move forward. Now, again... I mean, me, we didn't vote for it, but we well, just didn't me, vote. And let me back up and say, we, we, yes, we may have been against, we may have been for this. The votes may have been different in the past. I can't... What they're saying is we're going back to the pre... Uh, President Trump policies or, and the pre-conservative policies that stands with Israel and going to those that, have all, that are standing against Israel. So back to the Obama presidency where they were pretty much against Israel and now back to President Biden that's against Israel. So I can't say it's never happened, but let me read some of this to you. Israel was the sole country that opposed the text, which passed the General Assembly on November 9th with a vote of 160 to 1. Wow. Including nine abstentions. And which one, would be the U.S. would one be one being of them. the United States. Nevertheless, the decision by the Biden administration to switch to abstention uh, marked a shift from the Trump administration. That's the difference, showing the difference in the two. So this, they're shifting back more against Israel. President Trump was more pro-Israel, which uh, had uniformly voted uh, against the anti-Israel votes, the, the Trump presidency. This is basically a regression. Again, here's the key. This is I said it for the first time. I want to correct that because that, that's probably incorrect. Here's the, what it says. This is basically a regression going back to the Obama administration's policies. So this has been happening, but it, we got away from it. Now we're going back. Um, the executive director for Scholars for Peace in the Middle East uh, told JNS, um, "It hasn't. The, the UN hasn't changed any of their policies or behaviors. In fact, since the Gaza conflict in May, their terrorist activity and incitement to violence has increased. That is the UNRWA. Um, Rom- Romerowski, who was they were interviewing on this, said he believes this is part of the Biden administration's goal to undo many of the previous policies of the Trump administration without any thought to the ramifications. Here's what's happening." Right. They so hate President Trump, they're just reversing everything he's done without stopping to think and go, you know what, we don't like President Trump, but that's probably a good thing to keep in place. Yeah, there's no wisdom there. Yeah, all they're saying is, he did it, get rid yeah. of it. He did it, get rid of it. He did it, get rid of it. So they're being driven by passion and emotion and hatred rather than logic and reason, and, and they're saying it's causing big problems. And, Greg, anytime you lead yeah. by that type of motivation. With your emotions. Listen, like that, yeah. I don't care. If, 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 you t- if you come in and God you know, made the whole nation righteous right now and took over America— if there were policies that were in place that were put in place by bad leaders, they should stay there. <laughs> you don't just get rid of it because a bad leader did it if it's a good policy. And I think the mistake they're making is they're really trying to go overboard and say, let's shut this whole thing down because it had something to do with President Trump. But now remember, um, the world's going to be against Israel. 
So you're going to see, when you see a little bit more pro-God type of administration, you're going to see for Israel, when you see a kind of anti-God, which is really where this administration is, quite honestly, in all their policies, they're very anti-God, you're going to see more against Israel. And we're, we're following a lot in, right in line, really, with what I would expect to happen. We're just seeing it played out in the actual fruit. Yeah, exactly. Well, because we've talked about this on the show many times, Pastor Mark, the U.S. has to de-sovereignize itself, yeah. if that's a word. Uh, let me ask you now. this. Let me, it is now. Uh, let me ask you this question. Yes. Regarding uh, this proposal that the Palestinians receive remuneration or restitution or what, whatever we want to call it yes. uh, for their – and really the people that are there today, right? I don't think – are any of them alive that were there during World War II Probably. that got moved out? I mean, maybe some say, really old yeah, ones. Yeah, they'd be very old. Anyway, old ones. So my question to you would be, would it be wise for Israel – that if it ever came to that, that part of the condition of accepting money is renouncing um, in, in writing any lineage uh, to the line of Abraham. Well, I mean, they're, they're not going to do that. I mean, yeah, I mean. You, but do you see what I mean? Yeah, I, I do. I mean, you, you, can, you, can, you can have one or the other, but you can't have both. Yeah. You know. Yeah, and for our listeners, just you know, there, there's a again, Palestinian comes from the word Philistine, and they use it politically. There's, there's never been a Palestinian state; it's never existed. Rome pronounced that Palestine because they hated the Jews. But even then, there wasn't Hadrian. A, right. Yeah, yeah, Hadrian. But, but even then, there wasn't a Palestinian state. He right. just called the land that to make yeah. the Jews mad. Yeah, to me. <laughs> so, so there has never been a Palestinian state in world history. There's never been a Palestinian people. Uh, in world history, other than the Philistines, it means right. it means Philistines. So the Philistines they, they people went, they went extinct a long yeah, time ago. Gone. We now know even genetically you can't find a Philistine. Find yeah. And so, so the people that are calling themselves Palestinian, it's more of a political territorial name trying to give a right to a territory, but it doesn't even really exist in reality. And now we can prove that genetically. So, so it's it's all it's a political game that's being played. But the point that that you were making, Greg, was is that look, let's break it down. Who are you saying you really are? Are you really a descendant of the Philistines? Or are you a descendant of Abraham? And of course, they're you know the true Arab is a descendant of Abraham. And of course, a lot of them that are over there are not true Arabs. They're not descendants of Abraham, and certainly none of them are descendants of Philistines or Palestinians because the Philistines, the Palestinians, technically technically no longer exist. Yeah. Yeah. Well. We got time for another article? Yeah. Well, let's see. Well, yeah, that's a good point. Um, it, only a few let's, minutes left. Yeah. Let's uh, let's let's hold off on that because yeah. this is too big. Uh, yeah. The next story. Yeah, we'll we'll just hold off on that and, and we'll move into it. Uh, you know, as we get into it next. So uh, again, oh, you want to know what? I, I've got something that I can share. Real okay. Quick. Uh, just quick housekeeping yes. for our listeners. Greg making fillers. Go I'm ahead. I'm making fillers. And this, well, this is a legit one. I'm not just like you yes. know killing time. It's soft shooting. Dentist Greg. He's giving yes. us fillings. Come I'm on, Dentist Greg. Filling. Okay, Doctor uh, Greg. Oh, Doctor Greg. A, I need a drill sound effect. Okay. Right, thank ahead. you. Uh, we will not be here next Friday. Hmm. Uh, as every year, Thanksgiving week, we are off that Thursday and Friday, and so yes. is Signs of the Times. So if you send in a prophecy question or anything like that, we will answer it on December 3rd, I think is the following Friday. Yeah, I'm not sure on that, but I, I know, Greg, but there's people that have yeah. withdrawals. They told me when we miss Friday, they have I, withdrawals. So if you if you have a withdrawals from Signs of the Times, go listen to podcasts you hadn't heard in the past. Which, yes. Yes, you can go listen to them. Plenty of them. That's out right. There. That's right. They're out there. You can go listen, and it, you won't be current, but you know what? God's word is eternal. So yes. you're always going to get good info on what's going on in God's word as far as prophetically goes. And, and then we'll be back for your date night and for whatever else you're using it for after that, which Some a lot do. of people use yes. it for their date night. Honey, I love to look in your eyes and hear Pastor Mark talk about the destruction of, 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 of nations. Damascus. <laughs> Oh, my love. It'll be a yes. ruinous heap, as yes. Isaiah 17 tells us. <laughs> yes. Anyway, for what you're doing, yeah. that's okay. what we're, you know, again. Just but you were going to say something. Well, no, I'm just saying to go listen. That's the thing. Go listen to them. And, and, and also, I guess I'd finish by saying this yeah. again. I, I just encourage you, do be praying for our nation and praying for this thing that just happened. You know, last time these type of things happened, like the Kenosha trial and all these others, you see all these riots breaking out. Let's pray this does not lead to any type of unrest in the nation and pray that our nation will just trust in the um, legal system to carry out the the best justice that could be carried out with the jury and those that were there. We weren't there. We don't know. Um, and so just be praying for Kenosha and be praying for our nation because this is a very trying time. And again, remember, one of the signs the Lord said, ethnos against ethnos in the last days, you're going to see different people fighting over issues that have to do with your ethnic background. And this seems to be the kind of thing that happened a, a year ago and, and, and could happen again. So we'd just be praying for Kenosha. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Interesting times that we live in for yes. sure. Yes, it is. How about a teaser? What's coming up in the second half? Greg? Well, I am going to tease you. Yes. 
Are you ready? Yes, Dr. Greg. Okay. Dentist Greg. Does anyone remember <laughs> Michael Flynn? Does the name sound familiar? Tangled. It, Tangled. Wasn't he the star in Tangled? <laughs> was he? Oh, really? His name was Flynn Rider. Okay, different guy, Flynn okay. Rider. Okay, go He's ahead. He's former President Donald Trump's National oh, yeah. Security oh, yeah. different Advisor. Guy. Different guy. Well, Michael Flynn has decided to stir up a whole lot of outrage. Yeah. And maybe speaking a little bit of prophecy. Yeah. We'll talk about him and other articles of interest. His Signs of the Times continues right here on WIAM. We'll be right back in three minutes. Hope to see you then. WIAMLP. 101.1 FM, Knoxville. It's Crazy Money Day. Hi, I'm Chuck Bentley with My Money Life from Crown. Do you know what to do when you face temptation? Some people don't. They compromise, think they're smart, then suffer the consequences. This summer, a retired nun admitted to taking money from a Catholic school in California. While serving as principal at the school, she was given the responsibility of handling tuition fees and donations. Over a 10-year period, she took money for personal use, then covered it up with falsified reports. Want to guess how much money she stole? More than $800,000. Now, what would a nun do with that kind of money? Give it to the cold, the sick, and the hungry? No. She used school money to cover her casino gambling habit and credit card charges on the school's account. The nun pleaded guilty to wire fraud and money laundering. It could land her in federal prison for 40 years. There's a very important lesson here. When you go your own way, be warned, your sin will find you out. No matter the temptation to do something you know is wrong or to cover it up with more wrongdoing, God can give you the strength to say no. 1 Corinthians 10.13 says, No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful, and He will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, He will also provide the way of escape, that you may be able to endure it. The next time you face temptation, turn and run to Jesus. He'll show you the way to freedom without lying or cheating. If you're struggling with credit card debt, don't steal from others to try to pay it. Go to Christian Credit Counselors. They'll create a debt management plan that works for you. For more information, call the Crown Helpline at 800-722-1976 or visit online at crown.org slash ccc. A moment of grace with Ed Taylor. There are those marriage crises. There are times when the money runs out, when the job disappears, when adultery enters in, when the house burns down, when the kids go sideways, when the loneliness swallows you up, when fears and anxiety rule and they grow. But God is using them. You may not even see it for years until after the fact, but God is using them. God is saying, I want you, and I want more of you, and I want all of you, and God is going to use the crises in our lives to get more of you. You can learn more at edtaylor.org. Grow deeper in your love relationship with Jesus by visiting edtaylor.org. This has been A Moment of Grace with Ed Taylor. Signs of the Times now continues. Here again is your host. Welcome back, everyone, to the second half of our weekly look at Bible prophecy in the world's news. These are the Signs of the Times. Yes. For Friday, November 19th, 2021, this is episode 192. We encourage you to get the podcast so you can get Signs of the Times anytime. Or if you... um, Download the Way Media app, and you go to the notification section. You can turn on Signs of the Times to be notified when we post a new podcast episode right on your phone. If you don't want to subscribe to a podcast service, and this happens to be the only podcast that you listen to, which we appreciate that very much. Um, there had, you to go. Find, had to find my button. <laughs> Had to find my button. We haven't done this in a while. Yes. One world religion uh, rearing its head through this story from IsraelNationalNews.com. 
Michael Flynn is calling for the United States to have one religion, which which is, of course, sparking outrage from Jewish groups. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Imagine yeah. that. Well, and obviously he's talking about Christianity, which is what our nation was founded on. Let me read this, and I'll just make a, a comment on it. The Anti-Defamation League and the American Jewish Congress have joined numerous groups and individuals in condemning the call by Michael Flynn, former President Donald Trump's national security advisor uh, for the United States, to have one religion. And I quote, if we're going to have one nation under God, which we must, we have to have one religion, Flynn said Saturday at a rally in Texas for Reawaken America, a Christian-themed speaking tour backed by the Christian news network American Faith. One nation under God and one religion under God. The ADL CEO Jonathan Greenblatt and American Jewish Congress both took to the Twitter, uh, to Twitter rather, to call Flynn's statement anti-American. And I quote, to suggest that the United States of America, a nation founded on twin bedrocks of pluralism and freedom uh, to practice any religion that should have one religion is anti-American and anti-democratic and downright dangerous. Michael Flynn's statements are both unacceptable and anti-American, the Jewish Congress said. Uh, Such dangerous rhetoric runs counter to American values and threatens the foundations of democracy. Again, uh, this is a a thing put together by Pastor John Hagee, founder of Christian Zionist Group, Christians United for Israel. Just a comment on this. Um, You know, our founding fathers never made a big deal about saying you only had to worship Jesus Christ because it wasn't an issue. This is really an interesting story because, Greg, when we were founded, the majority of America by far, they were all Christians. Right. I mean, I mean, yeah. they were just all Christians. I think it's um, something like twenty-six out of twenty-nine of our uh, of the of the fa- the original signers of the Declaration. Um, I may have that number off one or two, one way or the other. Uh, were all they all th- they had seminary degrees? I mean, they were all they were pastors. They were they were they were Bible college graduates. Um, uh, Plymouth Rock. They came over on the Mayflower for religious freedom. I mean, this whole everything to do with America has been based on the Bible, God, and religious freedom from the very beginning until now. So it was never a discussion about whether or not there should be other religions. It was just, we are a Christian nation. Well, over time, the enemy creeps in, and all these other religions come in that are not true, that don't line up with God. That's just a fact. And so now you have a nation that's filled with a bunch of different religions. So would it be great if we as a nation serve Jesus Christ as a whole? Yes, that would be great, and that's probably what Michael Flynn meant. It would it, it would be healthy America, but be strong again the way we were as we were founded. But here's the reality. You can't turn back the clock. It's too late. You know, you can preach the gospel and try to lead as many people as you can to Christ, but there's no way you could make America be singularly a one, you know, one God nation. I I wish that could happen, but we're not going to see a one God ruling a nation or world until Jesus Christ Christ comes back again. And then he'll rule. There'll be one God served worldwide. And that'll be, it'll be one world under God. Uh, But until then that won't happen. So I think this was more one of those articles where, he made a comment about where we used to be as Americans, where he wished we were as Americans. His comment is right. I can't say it's wrong. It's absolutely right in the sense of what he desires. But the reality is we're too far down the road for that to be a reality. So to even kind of bring that kind of thing up, it's only going to do what it did here, cause controversy. Well, uh, to me, it's prophetic because there will be a one world religion, even though it will be the false one world religion. You're right. You're right. And he was more talking about just no, I know, America, uh, U.S. And, U.S., but yeah, still. But yeah, you're right. There will be eventually under the antichrist a one world religion all bound yeah. to him yeah because you know it's the only way to have peace yeah yeah it, i mean that's really what they're going to absolutely what they're going to say absolutely so, anyway just something to think about yes and why can't we be friends speaking of the jews and and they're wanting what they want well they want out of europe this according to breitbart.com According to a poll, a quarter of Jewish leaders in Europe are weighing emigration, not immigration, but emigration, citing anti-Semitism. Yeah. Which shouldn't be surprising. This is what happened in World War II. It is. And let me give a Signs of the Times uh, foundation to this. The Bible says in the last days that God will drive the Jews back to their land. I mean, this is one of the things I said, I'm going to bring you back to your land. Now, a lot of Jews have gone back to Israel. It was formed that as a nation. That started in World War II. Yeah. Yep. And, it's, and again, they became a nation in 1948 again, first time in almost 2,000 years. And uh, what's cool to me about that is God reintroduced his word with the Dead Sea Scroll finds in mm. 1947. That's true. So first he reintroduced his word saying, I'm God and nothing's changed. And here I am the very next year. Now here's my nation. I promise to bring back in the last days. So God's timing is so sweet. You watch him work in such obvious power yeah. for those who have eyes to see. The world made no connection, I guarantee you, in that at all. But for those who are saved, we go, wow, what a great God, and just look what he's doing. Yeah. Um, and so then he says, I'm going to bring them back. And there were some that were there. 
They've been coming back now by the millions, and now to 8 million or over now in, in Israel. There's still millions more around the world, a lot of them here in America. And so God says in his word in the last days, he's going to continue to create an environment to push them back to the land. So to see the anti-Semitism, although it's a bad thing, God is going to use it for good to drive his people back to the land to complete his last days. It could be that some of those that are going to be driven back will be a part of the 144,000 that we already talked about. But let me read some of the article. Nearly a quarter of Jewish com- of the Jewish community leaders in Europe said they were considering emigrating, uh, with many saying they were increasingly concerned about anti-Semitism, a new poll found. Two-thirds of those who responded that they, that they would consider immigration— uh, said they would do so to Israel. So we're just we're going to leave, but Israel's where we want to go. Seventy five percent said uh, that they had not considered immigration. It's only twenty five percent, but that's a big chunk out of the big chunk that's already gone back. Yeah, according to the Jewish uh, Telegraphic Agency, which uh, cited the poll, concern was highest in Western Europe. Uh, the report cited terror attacks by Muslim radicals on Jews over the last des- decade as being the main factor behind the waves of immigration to Israel. In France, which has suffered the most jihadist attacks, the number of Jews I- immigrating to Israel has doubled uh, from less than 20,000 in years 2000 and 2010 to more than 40,000 in the decade following. The survey also found that efforts to pass legislation banning the Jewish ritual slaughter of animals as well as circumcision in several countries, are two, uh, are two of the central th- threats facing the Jewish communities. I found that little caveat interesting at the end, Greg, because in the last days, the Third Temple will be rebuilt, and they're going to want to start the sacrifices again on the Temple Mount. So now they're saying you can't do any of your rituals that you're doing in other countries, which I didn't know they were doing, incidentally. I didn't know they were doing those rituals. Yeah, uh, really? Exactly, yeah, but, but they're, they're now... They're going to do it again at the Third Temple, and now they're being driven back to a place where another, they can re- do it. Another reason for them to leave. Yes, and they'll be able to do it because they, wow. they can do the sacrifices in Israel, and they will be able to do them on the Temple Mount very soon. Amazing. It is amazing to watch God work. It's all falling into place, as yeah. we said. Never even thought that that would be one of the things that yeah. would drive them back yeah. into the land, yeah. rituals. Yeah. Wow. Interesting. All right. Pestilence, plagues, disasters, and corruption. Uh, This is from Israel 365 News. Iran rocked by two 6.4 earthquakes after... Now, this says it's because they they refused to re-enter the nuclear deal. Yes. That's conjecture. But this is is also part of Matthew 24 earthquakes in various places. Yeah, I I find the timing interesting by Israel 365 News that they linked it to a possible, you know, the nuclear deal. And I think that God does. And sometimes. Greg, we have seen in the past when there have been things that Iran has done or whatever, they've seen these kind of natural things take place. Or trying to divide the land of Israel. Yeah, that's the big one. I think we see God where he he does move in this. And we know that God does cause earthquakes. He's going to cause a gigantic earthquake when Russia and Iran invade. Yes. That's in Ezekiel 38. Yes. So God does use earthquakes. He does cause them. Whether he did in this or not, we don't know. Only God knows. But yeah. I will say this: one of the things we're watching for is the signs of the times are increased large earthquakes yeah. in clusters. Here we go: two earthquakes measuring six point four and six point three on the Richter scale hit southern Iran at three thirty-seven p.m. local time on Sunday, killing at least one person and injuring dozens of others. Officials say the damage is still being assessed. The two quakes came in quick succession with less than one minute separation. The epicenters were relatively shallow, estimated to originate from a depth of 6.2 miles. The epicenters of both earthquakes were located about 39 miles northwest of Bandar Abbas in Hormozgan province. Uh, the ISNA news agency said a number of homes were destroyed in, that, uh, in, in the Bandar Abbas area, and landslides were reported at Gino Mountain. Again, that, I know you know exactly where that is now. <laughs> One person in the city of Kerman, Kerman uh, was killed with a light pole. As he was walking next, it, it fell on him. It's amazing. The, the supply of electricity has been disrupted in many parts. The tremors were also felt as far as the United Arab Emirates, Saudi Arabia. Residents in Abu Dhabi, Dhabi Dubai, I'm sorry, Abu Dhabi, Dubai. Um, that's just fun to say. I'm going to say it again. Abu Dhabi, Dubai. And Raz al-Khamai reported buildings and homes shaking following the quake in Iran. Now, again, you're going to see more and more of this. Large earthquakes. We've talked about it before. They used to be very rare. Uh, We had major earthquakes, you know, like eight and and up. What happened once every 10 years? Now they're happening multiple times a year. The The contractions. The Lord said in the last days you'll see this increase. So, again, uh, keep your eye on that. The more that Iran tries to do things against Israel, which we know they're doing, and then the closer we get to just earthquakes in general, you're going to see this type of activity more and more. So not only did Jesus 
say this, Pastor Mark, but this also falls in line, correct me if I'm wrong, with the Scripture verse that talks about the earth groaning for the Lord's return. Yes. And this is one of the ways the earth groans. That's right. That's right. You're saying, literally, the earth will be groaning. Yeah. Quite literally. Okay. Just wanted to clarify. Yeah, that's good. Okay. Uh, some more pestilence, plagues, disasters, and corruption, but this is uh, the COVID-19 edition. Yeah. And this is from The Blaze. Ten places that show the COVID shots have failed miserably. And this is based on just pure statistics. Yeah. I, I um, you know, Greg, it's interesting um, kind of set the groundwork for this. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the whole um, shot push for the whole world and all this, something that's felt weird about it from the beginning sure to me. Sure did. Yeah. And, um, and even more so now that they're pushing it on, on our children when really there's almost no impact on our children whatsoever. As a matter of fact, uh, you look at children, the numbers aren't any different than you'd have with the flu and that kind of thing. So why why the big push to to get it in the kids? I, I, again, something just seems amiss here. Something seems wrong about this, um, and we'll get more into maybe that in just a moment. But t- this is interesting here because the article you read, Greg, the headlines of 10 places that show the COVID shots have failed miserably. The reality is these shots are failing. They're not working. And we now have the numbers and the stats to show that. They work temporarily to a limited degree. But there's no long-lasting, there's no longevity. That's why they keep talking about all the different boosters and all the different things, um, you know, that... Um, well, well, and is it making your body more susceptible to catching? Yeah, yeah. The, you and, know, and, and the inability, and talk it, well, the inability to fight the virus, Yeah, let's I talk about that. Here, here, there's a there's a, an immunologist, Greg, or a virologist, a doctor out of Europe, but named by Dr. Van Geert, who a year ago, again, um, he is, he is not, he's not a Christian. He's not anti-vax. He's very pro-vaccine. He's just a scientist, an unsafe scientist who said, look, I think we're going to run into huge problems if we do mass vaccinations all at the same time worldwide. And here was his argument. It's okay to give shots to people at, in, in stages and in different regions. Because what happens is when you give the shot, it blocks that particular strain or whatever you're trying to stop. And then that region can deal with it and it fades away. He said the problem with giving everyone a shot at the same time is that when you give everyone the same shot that only blocks one strain, the virus begins changing to, to stay alive. So it starts looking for other what we call variants. So it jumps into these different variants, whether the Delta variant, whatever. They now say we're up to 12,000 variants of, of, of the original COVID-19. Well, the problem is the shot they're giving only stops one strain, COVID-19. It doesn't deal with with Delta. It doesn't deal with the other 12,000 variants they say that are out there now. And his concern was this. He said, when you get a shot for one strain, he said, it lowers your immunity to the variants when they come along. He said, if you do it just in regions, that's okay because the virus will die out in that region because you killed that strain. It can't mutate. It dies out. He said, when you do it worldwide, it begins to look worldwide to change into a variant, looking for a different way to survive. And now you've lowered everyone's immunity to the variants, and you've created a variant by giving everybody at the same time a shot. So his argument was, let's do the shots, but let's do it in phases. Do that state and that state and that state and that country and that country and put some space between them. Let it kill the virus in that region and not everybody at one time because everybody's immunity to variants is all lowered at the same time. And he says, now you may have a worse problem. And here's what he said. He said, I predict a year from now, you're going to see cases way more than we have now and deaths way more than we have now. He said, because the variants are going to develop and the immunity will be dropped for the variants from the shot and you're going to see more deaths and more problems. Well, as they say, lo and behold, that is exactly what we're seeing happening worldwide. I want to read some of the recent... It's turning out, yeah. Greg, it would appear that Dr. Van Geert in his warning a year ago was right. Again, I'm not saying this. This is Dr. Van Geert. I'm not a doctor. I'm a pastor. But I'm just reading you the science and the facts, the statistics here from around the world happening right now. He predicted this a year ago, and he's right, spot on. In the UK, let me read this. The UK Health Security Agency put out the most consistent regular data on cases by vaccination each week. Indeed, in all age groups above 30, there is now a negative effect from the shots. And in some age groups, the vaccination, the vaccinated are twice as likely to get COVID than those who didn't get vaccinated. So makes them more susceptible. What we're seeing is, Greg, the vaccinated are the ones where the pandemic is. The unvaccinated, yeah. it's dying out. He goes on. He said roughly 82% of the deaths the past three weeks have been among those fully vaccinated. End quote. Iceland. 
Let's read about Iceland. It says, few countries in the Western world did better than Iceland before the mass vaccination. Although the country still isn't experiencing too many deaths, as the population appears to be in somewhat, uh, to be somewhat immune all along, Icelanders have now, after the vaccines, experienced two larger waves than before, and 92%, among 92% of adults getting the shots. Singapore. Singapore blows up the myth that the shots, perhaps it says, were more than uh, blows it up more than any other country. Perhaps it is one of those Far East countries that, based on a year of data, appeared to be somewhat immune to the virus, especially critical illness. Yet, precisely after nearly every adult in the country was vaccinated, Singapore is now experiencing a wave that blows out any other prior wave to the point where the population is now incurring what is the equivalent to 800 deaths per day in the U.S. That's that's not the U.S. That's per day yeah. as, as yes. compared to the U.S. Yeah. The Netherlands, the Dutch, mistakenly thought that a sensation there were sensationally low in cases was really due to the vaccines. And they were bragging, "Hey, we had the vaccines; we're low in cases." Well, after achieving an eighty-four percent vaccination rate among adults, they've now suffered a six hundred and eighty percent increase in the last month and a half. They are setting record cases per day, as well as a nineteen point two percent positivity rate. Now, I'm going to read some more of these. Here's the bottom line. What it's showing us is natural immunity is way better and way stronger and way more long-lasting than these shots. In Belgium, despite a similar vaccination rate to the Netherlands, these two nations, they're now experiencing another large wave several months after vaccinating most adults. Which, which province has the highest case? You guessed it, the one that is the most vaccinated. According to Brussels Times, they have a 67% increase in one week. Cayman Islands. Now experiencing their worst surge of cases today, which is 65,000 people on the island. Uh, they had, uh, the island nation had very little COVID for the past year and a half. But with, after getting 85% of the population vaccinated, they now have the highest case rate in the world. Let's go on. New Mexico. In the United States, um, they did the right thing. Strict lockdown, strict mask wearing. They did, they were one of the highest to do that. One of the strongest vaccine coercion regimes in America. Yet New Mexico now has the highest case rate than neighboring states experiencing the same seasonal wave uh, among the Western mountain states. Hospitals are now at 150% capacity in New Mexico. In Maine. After vaccinating at least partially, nearly 100% of those over 65, Maine now has, a, has many hospitalizations and more cases as last winter, and it's only mid-November. I quote, with 100% of everyone over 65 in Maine uh, at least partially vaccinated, hospitals are on an all-time high, which is bizarre, they say, because Dr. Fauci said in, on CNN five months ago that 50% of adults being vaccinated would prevent any future surges. Uh, the country of Seychelles. Uh, the country had 14 deaths before the mass vaccination, yet after 60% were vaccinated, they now jumped to 107. The last one, Gibraltar, get this, despite 100% of adult population having had the Pfizer shots and 40% having had the boosters, the Gibraltar government has just advised the people to cancel Christmas plans because its current rate is nearly double the rate of the U.S. during U.S.'s winter peaks. Now, here's what I'm saying. Dr. Vandergit warned, he said, if we do this all at one time, it's going to increase the rates dramatically around the world. And that's exactly what's happening. Um, Again, here's the bottom line. The natural immunity creates creates variant protections and it creates T cells. So when the variants come around, your body can fight them. But if you zero in on just the one strain, you have to get a booster for each strain to fight it just as much. And it's kind of this unending shot after shot. That's why they're pushing the third, and they're talking about a fourth, Greg, and they're saying yeah. it may be now a yearly thing. Yeah. Well, you know, if the problems you think we created are bad, just wait until you see our solutions. Uh, yeah. And in a couple of weeks, uh, Pastor Mark's working on some article gathering, some more information that we're going to talk about regarding this and regarding how this can potentially uh uh, further dive into end times prophecy. Yes, so, and let me add one thing yeah. from Dr. Van Geert that he was yeah. saying. He was saying the biggest mistake we could make is vaccinating our children. And here's what here was it. Now again, he was right last year. I think we should at least pay some attention. Here's what Dr. Van Geert said. He said the problem is we've now by vaccinating everybody at one time, we've lowered the immunities to the variants, which is going to cause us problems as we head into the winter months. He said since children are having almost no side effects, it would be better to not vaccinate them 
allow them to get the COVID virus, and then the next generation has built-in T-cells and immunity, stopping the virus and the variants in its tracks. But if you vaccinate the kids, you're going to have the same result. They're going to lower their resistance to variants, and then you have no one in the population that can, through natural immunity, fight this thing, and we have a real problem on our hands. So as the science is coming in, it's getting a little bit more serious, and we need to pay attention. Okay. We only got a couple of articles and a few minutes left, Pastor Mark. This is from The Blaze. The FDA is asking a federal judge for not five years, but 55 years yeah. to complete an FOIA request for the Pfizer vaccine. Well, Greg, again, let me just say, again, let me lay the basis here for Signs of the Times. It says in the last days there will be pestilences with an S. Um, this is odd behavior. This is where it looks something looks suspicious. That, look, if you're not trying to look suspicious, don't do this. Let me read some of the article. The yeah. Food and Drug Administration is asking a federal court to allow it to take 55 years to release the data on Pfizer-19 <laughs> vaccine to the public. Here's what happens. What you can do, you can go, well, let me read it. The yeah. agency said in a court filing Monday, uh, there's there's what's called the Freedom of Information Act, and you can file to get these papers. Well, normally you had to release them in a certain amount of time. Pfizer saying, asking a federal judge, don't allow the Freedom of Information Act to act to enact in our case and let us wait 55 years to release all the information. Why? What are you hiding from the American public for 55 years on your studies and results of this of this shot? Um, it goes on and says that it would need to process 329,000 pages of documents that can only do so at a rate of 500 pages per month. So they're saying we'll release it, but we're only going to release 500 pages per month, which will take until the year 2076. Um, it goes on. The Medical Transparency Group has requested all data information for the Pfizer vaccine be included, and, and they're saying, you know, no, we're not going to do that. And I quote from those wanting the information. It took the FDA precisely 108 days from when Pfizer sta- started producing the records for the li- a licensure uh, uh, to when the FDA licensed the Pfizer vaccine. Taking the FDA at its word, it conducted an intense, robust, thorough, and complete review and analysis of those documents in order to assure the, that the Pfizer shot was safe and effective. So, again, he says, while it can conduct the intense review of Pfizer documents in 108 days, it now asks for us to wait over 20,000 days to make the documents available yeah. to the public. So, somebody's something's, hiding, up. something's up, and yes, this is not good news. Yeah. All right, uh, let's get to our last article on the church. This is from CBN.com. A new Barna survey is finding that 38% of U.S. pastors have considered leaving the ministry. Yeah, you know, Greg, this doesn't surprise me. Uh, I, I do want to cut, read this and just talk about what we see happening briefly. I know we're about out of time. Probably a survey would find that 38% of pastors have, at some time in their ministry, all of them have wanted to quit. I think, I know there's been several times I wanted to. So that's not unusual. It's yeah. just, we hope that this is something where there, normally you would say that men press through and there's longevity in, in staying there. The problem is, Greg, we're seeing now that with this current crisis, they're not doing it. Uh, it says the pressures on the church to help leaders from joining millions who are walking away from their jobs during the pandemic. That adds to this, more than 4,000 churches closed in America in 2020. At the same time, over 20,000 pastors left the ministry and 50% of current pastors say they would leave the ministry if they had another way of making a living. And I quote, I think pastors are experiencing an overwhelming sense of responsibility and an overwhelming sense of loneliness because they're pastoring people that they don't even know online. Well, the answer to that is, is don't pastor people online, open up your churches and see them face to face. The Bible says, as we see the day approaching, do not forsake the assembling. We should be having church. Yeah. And so I would say this, be praying for your pastors um, um, there's pressures already there, but this is where I think, Greg, that those that are really called to be shepherds over the flock, they're going to push through and they're going to be there for God's people. Well, and also, too, and you know this as a pastor, that you yourself cannot give out what you haven't first taken in. That's right. And the problem is, is that in the end times, if you've got pastors in pulpits that have the fear of man over the fear of Lord, that do not believe that the Bible is inerrant, and they're cherry picking what they believe and what they teach, it's going to leave them empty. It's going to leave their own faith shaken, especially in the times that we're living in. So no wonder that they would want to leave, because where is their source of strength? Yeah, that's right. It it does make sense, Greg. But again, this is more of a, you know, we talk about this isn't really a good news segment. It's more of informational. (laughs) But you know what? We do need to pray for our pastors and ask for God to give them strength, the true shepherds. I know they're going to stay there. They're not going to leave the flock, um, and the Lord will never leave the flock, but be praying for the yeah. pastors that are out there because the, the church more than ever, we know in the last days there's going to be a falling away. The this Bible talks apostasy, about that. Yes. And so I think we're seeing some of the very likely some of the falling away in the last yeah. days. But here's the thing. The true church is going to stand. The true church is going to shine. And um, and so let's just kind of continue to teach the word of God. I encourage any pastors out there listening and anybody involved, you know, I encourage you just, again, um, you know, c- 
continue to preach the word of God and continue to open your doors to the people. The Lord knew there would be pestilence in the last days. He warned us about that in Matthew 24. And then he said, and then he said in another place, yes, as you see the day of the Lord's return approaching, all the more be gathering together. So it's not a time to be closing churches. It's a time to be opening the doors and welcoming, welcoming God's people, trusting the Lord to see us through these difficult times and preaching the truth of Jesus Christ and salvation through him and his blood on the cross alone. So, again, let's be encouraged. The Lord's in control, and he's on the throne. Yeah, he certainly is. Sovereign over all. Thank you, Pastor Mark. Folks, thewaymedia.net. If you don't have the app and you've got a smartphone, we encourage you to download the Way Media app, and then that way you can get push notified when we post this episode and other episodes in the future of our program. Have a great weekend. We will be back in two weeks. Have a wonderful Thanksgiving, and we'll be back with more Signs of the Times in December. choices you may ever make in life may not be the choice between good and bad. It will probably be the choice between good and great. You can spend your time doing so many good things that you may miss out on the great thing God wants you to do. Bad is an enemy of good, but bad and good can be enemies of great. Don't settle for avoiding a bad choice. Follow God to the great plan that never settles for good enough. WIAM 101.1 FM, The Way. dark for the light traded all my blindness for sight traded all my pain for the gain got a key to the gate and a seat at your table yeah i look up and i can see you got me where i wanna be